You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startville, and it's a victorious Sunday morning. Had a great day yesterday. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. Charlie, men's basketball, baseball yesterday. Yesterday was a good day. It was a good day. Let's do it over. Yeah, let's do it again today. What is it now? I start to say put it on repeat. I think now you have to say run it back. Run it back. <laughs> Whatever it is. Whatever we got to do to have that happen again, that's what I would like. Yeah, it was great yesterday. State winning 69-62 over Texas A&M in men's basketball and then bouncing back with a 5-1 win yesterday after the big loss on Friday night to Arizona State. All right, so I have a proposal for you. Okay. Because we have two things to talk about. We used to not talk about basketball. We now do we now. do talk about basketball. I think basketball takes priority only for this reason. It was the season that started first. Much like basketball parking took priority yesterday. Had we lost then baseball takes over. I think we have to start with basketball. Had we lost. Had we lost, we'd have started with baseball. We wouldn't be talking about basketball. We'd go back to where <laughs> we were. We're front runners in that way. Absolutely. Before we get going, this is Sunday Coffee brought to you by our friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew now with four locations. You got two in Startville, Churn and Spoon Ice Cream as well. Of course, the Spring Street Highway 12 location, the original. And then you've got the University Drive location. That's where I went this morning. Got my blueberry flavored coffee. They're now in Tupelo and in Tuscaloosa. Charlie's got his cup of strange brew this morning. And, hey, by the way, I talked about it last week. I got the coffee pot for the booth and drinking strange brew coffee during the games. And so it's uh, go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship it to you. And so our good friends at Strange Brew. All right. Bas- I'd like to buy Chris Jans, James Miller, just the whole group. I'd like to buy them some coffee today. I mean, I – I missed loving basketball, and I love it again. And I get it. Look, we're still squarely on the bubble. We got work to do. I still fear the whole Shan Foster deal going up to Vanderbilt and some guy scoring 90 on us. I get all that. But just for today, isn't it fun again? (laughs) It really is. And I want to look at this from a 10,000-feet view, Charlie, very quickly. And by the way, our net ranking this morning is 40. So we moved up from 43 to 40 this morning. I thought, and again, I I certainly haven't studied net rankings, but when we sat here last week, I said, takes you up if you win this game, what, to 38? Yeah. But a lot of other things play into that, right? It it does. And so we're at 40 this morning. From a 10,000-foot view, I look at yesterday, I think Texas A&M, they they went into that game yesterday at 13-2 and in the league. I think Buzz Williams is a very good basketball coach. I mean, I really do. When you look across the landscape of college basketball and understanding guys, you know, he was like a basketball manager. He didn't play. And he's a really cerebral coach. And some people don't like Buzz. I like Buzz. I think he's a very good basketball coach. I also think, conversely, we have a very good basketball coach 
watching Chris Jans during a ball game and in practice, I love to listen to Chris Jans and Richard Williams. It's appointment radio. It, after in, games. in fact, you know what we should do? Not we, the university should do. They should take his post-game segment with Neil and Richard and just put it out every time. Yeah, because just if it you up, could yeah. just every time, I want to hear what Richard Williams and Chris Jans talk about. In fact, you know what would be fun? It would be fun like to take those two guys to lunch and just have a rule that you don't talk. Just sit there and listen because those are two basketball dudes. I think that's one of the things that some people don't understand about Richard. That guy is a junkie. He'd go back yeah. to coaching right now. Yeah, and, and, and Chris too. You know, Jans is – those guys are just basketball – you hate to say nerds, but I mean, that's kind of what they are. But They're basketball gurus. And if you think back to the 90s when we were growing up, Chris Jans and Richard Williams have so many similarities. You guys that that understood the game, and you never felt like you were outcoached, even if you lost games. But two guys that could also communicate that with players. It's one thing to be an X and O guy. It's another thing to be able to get it in the heads of college kids. And I, I think back to the 90s when Richard Williams had it rolling, Guys understood their role. Same thing going on right now. I thought, so going back to my point, with Buzz Williams and Chris Jans, I thought yesterday was a very good coach basketball game. And I know Texas A&M fans are probably sitting there going, how could you say that when you go 12 minutes and 51 seconds without scoring a field goal in the second half? But I thought the adjustments that both coaches made, sometimes you just don't make shots. We didn't make shots yesterday. We were three for 21 behind the three-point line. <laughs> but it's almost – that's just who we are at this point of the year, right? It is. But seeing seeing coaches change their defenses and switch up things, yesterday hey, was a well-coached basketball game. Yeah, and so let's flag one right here. This, to me, is the timeout of the game. You always talk about how timeouts can change a basketball game. Here's the second half for Texas A&M. They come out a minute deep, made three-pointer, come back, made three, made second chance three, made three, and now at 14.09 to go, they have opened up a nine-point lead. They lead it 44-35 after Gordon makes the three off of one of our turnovers. And it feels like this thing's getting away from us at this point. Oh, yeah. We dribble it down the floor. We call the timeout. And from that point, it takes all the way to under a minute and a half to go. It's at the 118 mark. This is after we blow the alley-oop. They come (laughs) down, air ball the three, get a put-back layup. It took them that long to score. And you say, so what do teams do out of timeouts? We called the timeout to force the media break. We come out, we make a shot out of the timeout, and then 12 minutes and 51 seconds, Texas A&M doesn't make another shot. They'd already made six in the first six minutes of the half, and then we clamp down one made shot the rest of the way. Yeah. That's insanity. It really is. And so you go and you talk about adjustments. Everybody, what's the thing you always hear in football, like halftime adjustments? You always talk about that in basketball, too, right? You know, what adjustments are we going to make the half? That's an adjustment made on the fly right there in that timeout. You've got 90 seconds to make that change. It, I mean, that's phenomenal. Yeah, it really is. You look at the first half yesterday, I and mean, they were talking about this in the postgame. 
you know, we were two for 13 behind the three-point line in the first half, and we were nine for 14 inside the three-point line. And Chris Jan says, hey, we got to stop taking shots. we got to stop taking the outside shots. Kid, there's a reason you're open. Right. There is a reason you're open, and that's what A&M was doing. They were doubling down on the inside against Tolu and just daring you to shoot outside shots. They try to kind of, you know, just coax you into taking that wide-open shot. I thought one of the things about the game yesterday too, Charlie, was it changed in the second half. I thought they called the game completely different in the second half than they did in the first half. You had 12 combined fouls in the first half, 32 combined fouls in the second half, 16 fouls each in the second half. And so what does that mean? You're going to have to win it at the free throw line. And A&M's a team that loves to get to the free throw line. They love to drive. They love to bang. and They love to get to the free throw line. But in the second half yesterday, we were 14 of 18 at the free throw line. Cam Matthews down the stretch was 6 for 8. Tolu was 4 for 5 in the second half at the free throw line. And, you know, you say, man, we don't want to get in a free throw shooting contest. Yesterday we got in a free throw shooting contest, and we did pretty good. A&M was 16 of 22 in the second half after just shooting four in the first half. And so they're a free throw shooting team, but we matched them. We matched them at the line. <laughs> Go back to that three-point thing. You know, we made our first two. <laughs> we went one of 18. Now, defensively, A&M went over seven to end it. So that's a that's a big story. Matching them at the free throw line was a big deal. I just, I just feel like this is a program that is headed in the right direction because when you look at these numbers, we are winning despite being, and I don't say this pejoratively, it is a fact one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country in an era where basketball is defined by your ability to shoot three-pointers. It's it's absolutely amazing. You know, and that was a quad one win yesterday. I mean, that was a solid win. A&M, is, their net ranking right now is 26. They fell from 24 to 26 yesterday. And so now the week ahead. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Before you go there, I got – it's a – I actually had somebody tag me in a tweet on this yesterday. I don't know who's doing it. I don't know if it's the band. I don't know where a telegram, a memo, hand delivery, whatever has to be done. We cannot be shooting free throws in the final minutes of the game with people screaming, sit down in the middle of a shot. <laughs> you can't. The left, do right, that. left, right. Yeah, we, we got to be smarter than that. Well, being, no, no, no. Look, there aren't many hills I'm willing to die on. But this is one. This is one. If we are going to be a basketball school, which I get is a big aspiration, we got to get educated. That's one thing you say about our baseball fans, right? For the most part, and I'm building in some exceptions, for the most part, we are an intelligent baseball fan base. But basketball. We got some work to do, <laughs> and, and I shouldn't say all of us. Well, thirty years ago, but whenever those of you yelling "sit down" while Cam Matthews is shooting a free throw, you need to go to confession today. Thirty years ago, when that was a thing, when when it first started with the left, right, left, right, and nobody thought about it from a player standpoint, they would just sit down arbitrarily at a different time. But now everybody knows to sit down when the other guy's shooting the free throws. By the way, in the net rankings this morning, we are 40, which is seventh best in the league. Alabama at two, Tennessee at three, 
Arkansas 14. Kentucky has made their way from 29 to 20. A&M is at 26. Auburn's at 36. Boy, Auburn got smoked yesterday by Kentucky. And then Missouri's 49. Okay, so what's in front for us? This week in the midweek, we have South Carolina. Their net ranking is 239. Okay, that's a – So you're going to tell me that we cannot afford to lose that game. Yeah, can't afford to lose that one. And then we go on the road to Vanderbilt, who's gone from 91 to 87. So they've got an 87 net ranking next weekend. And the crazy thing is we need Vanderbilt to keep winning other than against us. Right. We need them to win in the midweek. We need Georgia to start winning. Man, um, Alabama. All right. Can we can we discuss what happened yesterday? I think we have to. Uh, boy, there is tone deaf, and then there is what is taking place on the capstone. What Alabama is doing right now in men's basketball is exactly the same thing that Tennessee did in baseball last year, is they are uniting every other fan base in the country against them is what they're doing. And I guess this kind of comes with with hiring a guy like Nate Oates, a guy that you kind of know what you're getting when you get Nate Oates. He's going to get players, and he's going to roll a ball out there and just allow his players to play. And there are some consequences when you allow players to just roll out there and play. And I think right now, uh, like I said, Alabama is uniting the entire college basketball world, just like Tennessee did with the entire college baseball world, rallying them against you. Somebody asked me last night, because for those who don't know, Brandon Miller, obviously the Alabama star basketball player, has – well, there have been a number of news stories about whether he delivered a gun. I don't know the facts. This isn't stating a fact. But there is some issue about whether he delivered a gun that was later used in a alleged capital murder. So, yesterday, that breaks this week. It's a big story. Uh, Nate Oates has the statement he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I've been in a lot of wrong places at a lot of wrong times, just never around capital murder. And if I had been... I would like to think that would be somewhat humbled and remorseful and and what have you. But as he is running through the announcement line yesterday, as they're announcing the starting lineups, he gets to the end, raises his arms, and a walk-on. You see him all the time, jump up, bump chest, stupid handshakes, that kind of thing. Gives him the pat down as if he is being frisked for weapons. Now, he has done that before. This isn't new to yesterday. But it is still completely tone deaf. Now, somebody asked me what I would do if I were the coach. And I said I'd take a strong stand and kick off the, the walk-on. <laughs> <laughs> kick the walk-on off the team. What was it? Jimmy Johnson used to say, I got one rule. I treat everybody different. <laughs> it's kind of like the NCAA. I mean, you know, Kansas, you're going to cheat so bad. The Talton State, we're going to get hammered. hammered. Yeah, so, but it, it's a bad look. And there are some people who are in love with Nate Oates. I've never been among them. Look, I, I like the idea of watching a team score 100 points and just shoot and shoot and shoot, and I, and I like that. But I also like what I've seen, and that is we've got a coach whose guys play hard, who are accountable, who are good people. That's the thing. I was laughing last night. My daughter, who is a recent college graduate, is absolutely infected with basketball now. And she last night she said, I want this for them. 
And she said, you know, a lot of times I want to win for me. I don't really know the guys, but the more I'm around these people, I want them to win for them. And that's that's a difference. A lot of times we think because of the culture of basketball that basketball players are bad guys. You know, there's kind of that built-in idea, the whole AAU thing. We got some good dudes. Yeah. I mean, we got some really good dudes. Tolu Smith is a good dude. And I still think back, you told the story last year about Shaq Moore. Right, and then the line eating down in the Bahamas. When he told the manager, hey, no, you're not going – I mean, I'm not going in front of you. I mean, you work just as hard as I do. Yeah, manager tried to let him cut in front, and he wouldn't do it. That's that's different, man. It really is. We got some good dudes. And Cam Matthews is going to go down as one of my all-time favorite <laughs> Mississippi State Bulldogs. That we're guy's just tough. We're going to be talking about Cam Matthews in the same breath we did about Brandon Vincent. For a long time. It's almost the same. When I see Brandon Vincent, when he comes back to campus now, he and Crystal come back, I just think that was a dude that played with maximum effort every time he put on the jersey. And Cam Matthews is going to be the same way. Now, yesterday, Cam threw the alley-oop late. Yeah. And uh, and, and Chris Jan said in the post game, he said, you know, coming down the next time, we had the two-on-one, and Tolu's got the hand up like, don't throw it to me. And uh, Chris Jan says, if we'd have done that again, I'd have gotten a technical about what I'd have done to my own kids. <laughs> but, uh, but no, Cam hit some free throws late yesterday. That was a very – Charlie, I don't think you can overstate how big of a win. Isn't he clutch at the end of games at the free throw line, by the way? Oh, yeah. Think about that. We are at the spot right now. If you had to shoot a free throw in the final two minutes, you know, obviously Deshaun Davis in my mind. Right. But I got Cam Matthews right there. I do. I do. Yesterday I was screaming at the TV, get the ball to Cam at the end. And so – Man, that was that was a big time win yesterday. Of course, hey, we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They had the uh, country pleasing rig of the outfield yesterday, and I saw Henry Hamill. He was doing the cooking out there, and they were interviewing Henry Hamill, our good friend with Farm Bureau. Of course, you got Farm Bureau agents throughout the state of Mississippi. And so, yeah, hey, good win yesterday for basketball. And then 30 minutes after that game was over, everyone kind of matriculated over to Duty Noble Field. Man, what a great crowd in that game last night. <laughs> it was – you know, when the game started, I thought, hey, you know, it's a nice crowd. It man, it just got bigger. There's something bigger. for me. I really – when we have these teams come in from the West Coast who aren't familiar with playing here, don't you just want them to see it, when it in its maximum – don't you just want the opponents to go home saying, man, that was cool? Oh, yeah. I mean, you think that when when you go on the road sometimes in sports and you're like – and you go to a game, it's, it's almost like you don't want to go to Cameron Indoor Stadium when they're playing Wilmington. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. I mean, you you want to go see North Carolina, right? Right, right. And – I think uh, I think they've gotten a good experience, especially yesterday. That was a lot of fun. And I said, "Hey, we've said this from the start. That place is different at night. It just feels completely. I don't know if it's just the lighting or what the way it works, but it just this place feels just so different when the sun goes down." And there were people everywhere in the outfield. Oh yeah, everywhere. One of the bigger outfield crowds we've seen. So, hey, looking at the first two games. And, Do you uh, want to be half empty or half full? Hey, before we go there, um, we talked about this last week. Have you gone to Hot Works yet? I have not, but I'm going tomorrow. I have walked every day this week. Are you I'm walking in your 
in your hokas that, I am. that we got from Fleet Feet over in Birmingham? I am. Okay, so we got the hokas from Fleet Feet in Birmingham, and we're about to start the Hot Works workouts, and we are going to lose a ton of weight in the next three months. I'm down five pounds this week. Are you really? Yeah. Golly. Okay, that's my motivator right there. That's all you had to do is just tell me. And so I'm, I'm on it now. Okay, glass half. Let's start glass half empty, and then we'll end glass half full. That way we're feeling good at the very end. Glass half empty. On Tuesday night, we got smoked by Louisiana Monroe. We came back and we won on Wednesday. And then on Friday, we got absolutely hammered by Arizona State. And hammered may be a light light word, okay? <laughs> and then yesterday, you come back and you win 5-1. to one. To me, the difference, Charlie, and I was trying to look at this. On Friday night, we threw 214 pitches in nine innings. 49% strikes, 214, 49%. Yesterday, we threw 138 pitches in nine innings, 65% strikes. And I think the thing that I took from last night, seeing Aitama drawing the start, who's got 10 strikeouts in one walk, we brought Evan Sierra in out of the bullpen, who pitched in the midweek, and that was his first outing, was during the midweek against Monroe. He comes back, and he was outstanding last night. He threw 46 pitches, 31 strikes, and three and a third. I think the emphasis going into the game yesterday was we are going to bring guys in the ball game who are going to throw strikes. No, it's absolutely the case, and we did for the most part. And see what happens. Yeah, but in the game on Friday, you know, your, your first two pitchers combined for 45% strike ratio. And Arizona State comes out, a leadoff home run in the first inning, a two-run home run in the second inning, and it's 5 nothing, and then a six-run fifth inning. And here's the thing, Charlie, that, you know, we threw a lot of walks. <laughs> we issued a lot of walks in the game on Friday and struck out 11. We walked 12. But we still, we haven't, we, we were not clean. We were not, you know, you throw a ball through, you miss the cutoff man early on a throw to third, and you see, you know, misplays in the infield and you know our errors we, we we're not fielding it very well but to be honest we we've been the the recipient of some very nice official scoring as well and so it just hasn't been clean and that's the thing that stands out to me from a baseball standpoint um you have some walks here's the thing that stood out to me this weekend charlie even though yesterday we only had seven hits in a game on friday and six of those seven hits came with two outs. Yesterday, we only had six hits. And so, you know, you're not talking about you – know, we're talking about an offensive team we thought coming in was going to be really good with our lineup, and, and we have been okay. But it's hey, not we just – we've faced SEC pitching so far this weekend, though. We have. What do you have. say? We have. But, you know, what have we said is we're going to have to score runs because, you know, we may not have the depth in the pitching staff, and we're going to have to score runs. Well, I don't know if we have the depth in the staff or not. Here's here's my take from the weekend is I think if I were Chris Lamonis, and for many reasons, the fan base, the university, everyone should be glad I'm not because I would mess <laughs> this up in ways that can't be counted. But if I were in charge, I think what I would almost want to do is walk in the locker room and just say, guys, let me tell you something. I don't care if you've been here a week. I don't care if you grew up here. I don't care if you've been here five years. I don't care if you're a transfer. 
I don't care if you're left-handed, right-handed, what have you, every position's open. Everything's up for grabs. Now, that's not to say, I'm not casting aside the older guys, but look what happened yesterday when guys, you had three newcomers hit the mound yesterday, two transfers and a freshman, and those guys all seized an opportunity, didn't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, you look what Eintman did. You look what Sierra did, and then Dome, I mean, you know, throws gas eight pitches, and, and it's over, right? And you'd have to think he's available again today. You would think. And so I almost think at this point, like, every spot's open. Bryce Chance, no way you figure that guy's playing in the when the season starts, right? And then look what he does when he got a chance. I still think there are some guys, Isaac, Aaron Downs, all those guys that are going to have to get some at-bats. So, I don't know. I like the fact that we won yesterday. I don't know if youth is the right word, but didn't it almost feel that there was just a little bit of a – Youth movement. Yeah. And you kind of felt that in the midweek too with, uh, you know, Bradley Lofton drew the start, gave up an unearned run, and that was the only run he gave up on Tuesday. Then th- things kind of fell apart after that. And I thought Gerangelo – I mean, you've got some – Hey, let me tell you, we haven't talked about Brock. I mean, Brock Tapper. Oh, yeah, he was good. And coming in relief, you're down 13 to nothing. That's, That's one of the, such a hard spot. It's a hard spot. And then on Friday, Tapper comes in, he throws strikes, he gets outs. And so, yeah, I mean, you've got some you've got some newcomers out there that, you know, Highfield's getting a chance behind the plate a little bit. You know, he's going to be I – mean, it, it, catching as a freshman, sometimes people don't understand just how tough that is. Because managing managing pitchers in high school, you you're used to managing three or four guys. Let's be honest. And then when you get to this level, and you're trying to manage 13, 14, 15 different styles of pitchers, when you know their balls are doing completely different things out there, it's tougher. And so, catcher is is a position where you just kind of got to slowly get yourself in there. So. Anyway. And I want to be clear with what I was saying earlier. That is not to say you give up on the older guys at no. all. It's just that, hey, everybody's got to compete. Well, and it's not a situation where, and, and I love him to death, but, you know, Coach Polk used to write that write those that lineup and pin when the season started, and it took a whole lot. It took a whole lot to get your name out of the lineup. And it's a little bit different now. You're going to have you know more depth on teams. And today is going to be a big game to me. The Florida transfer, Timmy Manning, is going to be going for Arizona State. We're going to throw Gartman out there. He was really good last week mixing up pitches. I thought the thing I took from Sierra in the game last night, he's not that power, what you call a power arm. He's a 91, 92 top end, has movement. Change speeds. Change speeds, work the strike zone, and it gave Arizona State fits. And I think you're going to see a little bit of the same thing today with Gartman, a guy that kind of tops out 90-91 but mixes pitches. If he's in the strike zone today, I think it's going to be big. All right, so before we turn to today, I want to ask you this question. What's your play of the game from yesterday? To me, it has to be, no doubt, the lead better Rob in the first inning. I think That's a good one. Second batter of the game, you allow the leadoff hit batsman, and then Ledbetter runs down one in right center field. I don't know if it was going to climb the wall or not. It was at the top of the wall where he hauled it in. Crenshaw just smoked at the right field. And you kind of wonder if he doesn't make that catch, how Intima settles in. Because I thought after that catch, 
he really settled in the game. The mood of the stadium changes completely. And, boy, he made a great route on that ball. Oh, yeah. That wasn't just effort getting over there. He was very technically sound getting to that ball. Well, before he hit the track, he looked at the wall. He was on the run, looked at the wall. What's that old? Find the wall and then come to the ball. And so he found it and then made that leap and understood where he was. I just thought that was big because if that ball lands – you score a run on a double right there, and then all of a sudden it's, uh-oh, here we go again. Yeah, the Forsyth base hit going the other way was big. I want to give you an obscure one. And I know it's not really the play of the game, but I thought this is one that people will forget that I thought was big. It's the second inning. Eintema starts the inning with a hit by pitch. Yep. All right, he hits long. He's on first. He falls behind Will Rogers, the left fielder, three and one. And then – Rodgers doesn't get in the box fast enough, (laughs) and they call a strike on him. Yes. Next pitch is outside the zone. Rodgers is clearly frustrated, swings, miss, strikeout. Now, Arizona State does go on to score a run in the inning, but if you've got two on right there, kind of similar to going back to the first in terms of settling in. Yeah. If, If Ledbetter doesn't make that catch in center, the game's completely different. But what happens if Arizona State with a 3-1 count, a man aboard, got things going. What happens there? And so what happened was, and we've talked a little bit about this, about the new clock rules this year and about how you know the emphasis is on the clock rule where a pitcher has the 20 seconds. You know, used to, you know, back when they started the clock rule, it was only when you were working for the windup and you had nobody on base. And then they did away with the clock when you had runners on base. Well, now there's a clock all the time, 20-second clock. And so a pitcher must make that pitch before the clock hits zero or it's a ball. Well, now as a batter, you know, batters batters understood that. And so what they were doing is they were waiting to like five seconds to go to get in the box and they were putting their hand up and they were taking their time. And so, you know, in the, in the baseball world, coaches said, hey, this is not fair to our pitchers because now we're having to pitch very quickly at the very end of that of that clock. And so this year they've put into fact into play where you have to be in the box set ready to go with 10 seconds to go on that 20 second clock. And if you put your hand up with 8 seconds to go and you're not ready, they will issue a a strike. And we saw a game end with a strike the other day. Was it Wednesday or was it Friday? LSU game on Friday. LSU game on Friday. Somebody didn't get in the box and they issued a strike and it was strike three and it ended the ball game. We saw that happen in a major league spring training game yesterday. Ended in a tie. Bases loaded, two outs. Guy didn't get in, they ring him up. And so the old days of a, of a batter stepping out of the box, restripping his batting gloves, taking all day, those days are over. Which is, to me, it's it's a, that's a, that part of it is a good thing. And so that guy two hours and twenty four minutes yesterday, which was good coming on the heels of a basketball game. <laughs> it was, but I don't know. I, I think I get it, but at the same time, we had a situation on Friday where there was a pitch clock issue, and the umpire spent two and a half, three minutes talking about the clock issue. Talking about the clock issue. Yeah, and but in any event, I thought we played well. We won. We pitched it better. And I think the thing for me that's still going on with this team is it's sorting out who's going to earn the innings. There's only so many innings you're going to play this year. Somebody's going to get to claim them. And I think the fact that we went to Sierra yesterday 
in that spot. I thought that told us a lot. That's. I mean, you talk about speaking with actions. That spoke a lot to me. When I looked down there and saw Sierra warming up early on in a game that, you know, you're in, you're tied, you got the lead, I'm like, okay, all right, we're going to put somebody out there that can throw strikes. And that's what the, that's what the, the emphasis credit is. Credit to him. That's a tough spot. Oh, yeah. You know, it's one thing to roll out there against Monroe. Oh, yeah. But, hey. When this, the game's been decided, it's quite another to come into that game. I mean, this time last year, He's two miles from Duty Noble pitching at Startle Academy for Thomas Berkery. And now all of a sudden, and he's coming to ball games. And now you're standing out there in front of over 10,000. Seventh largest crowd, at least by reports. By bought tickets. Yeah. And so, but it was a big crowd. So, yeah, that was big time by Sierra. Okay, so on Friday, we had our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Tracks Plus now with five locations, Sany, uh, Sany Excavators and Mini Excavators. The forestry equipment, go to tracksplus.com. If you're in the construction world or you just want to maybe buy an excavator, start the rental process and a rental business. So go by and see our friends at Tracks Plus. On Friday, we talked about our players to watch, our two brothers, smoke meets guys to watch this weekend. I talked about Luke Hill, the shortstop. I think the left side of that infield for Arizona State, the freshmen, have been really good. Contralis at third, Hill at short. You talk about a youth moment, uh, movement for us. They've got some guys young in their lineup, and they've got a lot of transfers too. Man, they got some guys as freshmen I like a lot. And the other guy I talked about was Manning, and he's we're going to see him today. I think that's going to be a big key to the weekend if we can get to, uh, to, to Timmy Manning. Manning's a guy who, much like a lot of Florida pitchers, hasn't quite lived up to his reputation over the years. Guys allowed two base runners per inning in his career. So we will see if he can capture the magic of the hype or we get a little more of the usual substance. You think he just learned that from Kevin O'Sullivan? Could be. Okay. Could be. Well, uh, tracksplus.com. And so, hey, big one today, 1 o'clock, Mississippi State and Arizona State in baseball. This week in the midweek, we have Southern Miss on the road in Pearl on Tuesday night. And so, hey, the one thing we haven't talked about is our good friends at Cannon Ford of Star. Well, Cannon Ford – Old uh, Little League coach Chris Keen and the fine folks at Cannon Ford. If you're in the market for a new or used car, if you need a spray-in bed liner, go to the service department. If you need some new tires, tires rotated, just your oil change. Or if you need the body shop as well, they can do it all for you at Cannon Ford of Startwell. And, uh, Charlie, one of the things we talked about in the midweek is Heartland Catfish. And every week we're going to feature a restaurant that Heartland services, and Heartland Catfish from farm to table. And if you have a restaurant and you would like to serve the best catfish known to man, give our friends a call at Heartland Catfish in the Mississippi Delta over in Itabina. Fantastic catfish, a Mississippi product, our good friends at Heartland. Anything for the common cause before we head out of here? Yeah, let's just go get a win. We'll feel a lot different about this weekend. Absolutely. And also go see our friends at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. And so for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.